All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome to Invest Wisely. The expert is Walt Sukera, who is the managing partner of the AKW Group in Fairlawn and also with an office now in suburban Pittsburgh in Washington, Pennsylvania. For the next half hour, we'll talk about the stock market, how the AKW Group invests their clients' money directly into individually owned stock portfolios, custom designed for every client. We'll talk about that. We'll take your questions about the market at 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron and on WNR.com, toll free, 800 800- Six six nine four one hundred. We'll do that too, along with uh, uh, anything else you'd like to discuss when you're talking about money and investment. So, Walt, uh, once more, the stock market is a uh, you know it's sort of like having its mood swings. It began last week optimistic that we had a uh, vaccine for the coronavirus coming our way, but as the week went on, it got more pessimistic as the cases continued to climb to record numbers. So, what did you see when you looked at the uh, at the invest- investments last week? Yeah, Bob. So it's uh, Charles Dickens once wrote, it's the best of times and the worst of times, uh, you know, marked by wisdom and foolishness. Um, I think there's a lot of optimism for those that can see through the present day of the pandemic, um, the uneven economic recovery that we're having, and obviously the deep political divisions. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm and optimism for the future. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm around certain companies and industries. Um, and, again, it's it's at a tough time because we're heading into a moment where uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus, is spiking again in caseloads, hospitalizations, and deaths. You know, they're all marking new highs. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to weather um, this virus again, you know, through the next few months. But, uh, you know, as we look ahead, you know, there's there's still a lot of optimism. So for the week, we saw the Dow Jones close off 0.7%. It lost about 216 points uh, for the week. Uh, year-to-date, we're at 2.5% on the Dow Jones Industrial Index. Uh, the S&P 500 Index closed off 0.8%. Um, again, lost about 27 points for the week. And year-to-date, the S&P 500 index is at 10%, 10.1%. The NASDAQ was up 0.2%, gained about 25 points for the week. And again, as we said all along, the NASDAQ's been where the performance has been this year. It's up about 32% uh, year-to-date. And the Russell 2000 last week, which kind of indicates those smaller stocks, had a good week. It was up 2.4%, gained 41 points. And year-to-date, that Russell 2000 is, is up 7%. Um, so, yeah, Bob, I, I think you hit, you know, some of the, the keys, you know, as you, as you started talking. Um, you know, we continue to wade through the political situation. We continue to wade through the, the virus and its impacts. And, 
uh, you know, some other news that came out during the week that, uh, you know, we're, we're considering and thinking about. So, but uh, we remain fairly optimistic at this point. Now, of course, 2020, we have the virus, which is the biggest story. The second biggest story was the election. Has the stock market accepted the uh, outcome of the election? And uh, are they happy or sad or indifferent to what happened? Well, I think the stock market has accepted uh, the outcome. And I think they're fine with either outcome. And I think even as you see a little bit of division still happening here and and the legal uh, pursuits of the Trump administration, I think all that is uh, being taken very well by the market. We obviously have the the runoffs in Georgia uh, for the two Senate races in in the beginning of January. Uh, Those will be very important to kind of decide uh, whether we're going to have that divided Congress or that gridlock or uh, you know, whether it will have been the blue wave that a lot of people talked about with the uh, Democrats controlling both the House and the Senate. Now, let's say that the Senate remains in the hands of the Republicans. We're looking at a White House that's a Democrat, a Senate that's Republican, and a Congress that is a marginal Democratic edge. This uh, could lead to more gridlock. Now, as far as the market is concerned, do they like gridlock or do they find gridlock an impediment to uh, to success? Well, it's interesting, Bob. You know, I've done a lot of research here and look back over history, going back to the 1900s. Uh, con- congressional gridlock has only has been the least frequent scenario uh, that we've seen over those 120 years. Uh, it occurs just 15% of the instances since the 1900s. Um, it happened back in the 1910s under Taft administration, in the 1930s under Hoover. It happened a couple times under the Reagan administrations in 80, 82, and 84 happened with Bush in 2000, twice with Obama in 2010 and 2012, and obviously it happened with Trump in 2018 over those two years. So uh, historically, on average, the stock market performance is somewhat underwhelmed uh, with a divided Congress. Um, I think there is some newfound optimism uh, you know, that we have this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with congressional gridlock, uh, probably limits legislation, um, and, and I think, you know, as far as tax increases and, and some of those policies, you know, probably uh, limits the, the impact of, of those kinds of activities. So, again, very interesting when you look back in history. But, again, I think the market is uh, going to trade again, Bob, on, on companies. And, and, again, we live in a consumer economy. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, if people can see the recovery in the economy, feel confident about employment or confident about their retirement accounts or wherever their spending comes from and they continue to spend, that's what's going to drive the economy forward. Now, as far as the virus goes and the uh, spiking virus cases, uh, we do have the uh, know now that there are effective vaccines that will be coming our way in the near, very near future. How is the market reacting to both of these events? I think positively, Bob, again, it's tough. You know, you, you hate to see, I think, the, you know, the virus uh, cases now, we're over 12 million cases, 250,000 deaths, plus uh, worldwide, we're at like 55 million cases, 1.3 million deaths. So, I mean, it's just, this has just been a really, really sad um, and a very difficult year with the virus. But as we said, in, in our country, you know, we're we're seeing really the death rates um, be in that population, that demographic of 70 and over. There's over a 99% uh, recovery rate in all demographics, you know, under 70. So it is still a, a virus that is impacting the elderly population and those with compromised uh, health issues. Uh, I think the big thing we worried about from an investment perspective was the health care system. Uh, we see two states currently, North Dakota and South Dakota, where the hospitalizations are over 20%. 
a number of states where the hospitalization is the amount of bed occupancies, uh, 15 to 20 percent. That would be in Montana, New Mexico, Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois. So, again, as long as the hospital system and the health care system isn't being overrun and we can handle uh, the, the, the virus and, you know, the testing is better, and I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting with the holiday seasons and the gatherings that people are probably going to do even, you know, in light of the warnings. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, and again, I think we're all bracing for a couple of really tough months here in the United States, uh, you know, to get through uh, the, the next wave of this in- infection. Our expert is Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group in Akron and in Washington, Pennsylvania. Once again, our numbers are open for your questions about the market, stocks, investing in those stocks, 330-673-1234 and 800-669-4100. Now, last week, the uh, Treasury Secretary said he does not plan to extend some emergency lending programs beyond the end of the year, has even asked the Federal Reserve to return the money, uh, supporting them back to the Treasury. Now, does this development have any significance on the market? It really does, Bob. I mean, that's a $455 billion plug uh, that could be, you know, pulled from the Federal Reserve um, that, you know, uh, Steve Mnuchin is saying it's not politically driven. However, it will have a big impact. Um, it was a safety net uh, for the credit markets, and, you know, it provide a, you know, a, le- a level of confidence, I think, as far as investors go. Um, and it'll also risk, you know, uh, a lot of things for struggling companies out there that are constrained by credits or even some municipalities that are, you know, under some credit crunches. Uh, so, again, the Federal Reserve not having these these credit facilities and the ability to, you know, kind of support the, the fixed income markets is uh, going to be something that we'll have to pay attention to. So uh, that was a bit of news that might have passed a lot of people by, but it's something that I'm taking a hard look at. Well, so it's not the time of the year. We're starting to have forecasts about 2021. Uh, last week, you mentioned Goldman Sachs had a strong outlook for 2021. They predicted the S&P would maybe reach 4,300. Uh, this past week, J.P. Morgan said they could come in at 4,500. What do you think of these two prognostications? Um, well, Bob, I, I hope they're true. <laughs> you know, I, it's a 20% increase from where we're at. Um, as I said last week, you know, we're not in the business of making predictions. Um, I think we try to invest prudently. Uh, we try to invest with independence of thought and financial discipline and realistic expectations and common sense. And uh, those are the things that will continue to drive us. I mean, if the markets continue to move forward, uh, that will be really good for the companies that we invest in. Again, you know, we own great companies, some of the greatest companies in the world, uh, with great products and, you know, great value propositions, great business models. Uh, so, you know, if, if there's a, a advancing stock market, that should bode very well for the types of investments that we place our clients' monies into. Let's shift over to Stock Talk now on WNIR on this Investment Invest Wisely segment. It's time you get a chance to call up and talk to Walt Sakara about specific stocks that you may be interested in or watching or want to know what he thinks about. Once more, our numbers are 330-673-1234 and 800-669-4100. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Morning. Uh, try to get some excitement in my life being uh, isolated. Uh, Jumia, J-U-M-I-A, Jumia Tech, symbol J-M-I-A, supposed to be the Amazon of Africa. You was on the biggest movers last week. Uh, right. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the business model that Amazon has created, 
I think anyone that is trying to replicate that in other countries that has a little bit of a foothold, that's, uh, those, those are interesting business models. I mean, they're, they're replicating and trying to run off a business model that's been very proven here in the United States. And um, so, again, you know, definitely worth something to take a look at. It's not anything that we've touched here. And I, I, did, I have seen it. I have taken a look at it. I saw the movement last week as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, yes, that would be exciting. Uh, and, again, it, you know, for, the, for the risk takers out there, it's definitely something to take a look at. What about one pros? It's called pros. They're an artificial intelligence, whatever that is. Uh, and, <laughs> well, and the yeah. school is P-R-O, P-R-O. Yep. Yeah, pros holding again. Artificial intelligence, I think, is a great trend. You know, you're talking about uh, disrupting type of of trends, uh, innovation that you know is very exciting. The next wave of innovation, artificial intelligence, is at the high end of that. I mean, that's an area definitely worth taking a look at. I think what you're doing is a little bit of thematic investing. You know, you're you're looking for themes, and I think it's a great way to to try to identify opportunities. Pros again, one I can't really say a lot about. Um, you know, I, I think both of those, uh, again, just looking at it from the size perspective and, uh, you know, they haven't really turned profitability yet. Um, but again, I- I- interesting areas that you're, you're paying attention to. Did you say, uh, quite a while ago that you found, uh, Starbucks by going there and, and you like the product and you like the feel and everything? That yeah, I was. You know, back in the years and years ago, I started teaching around the college campuses, and, uh, you know, I was uh, at a few around here in Northeast Ohio, and I was kind of, it was one of those things that, you know, when you saw the adoption and you saw the branding and you saw the fact that, uh, you know, people would line up for that caffeine every morning and paying 3 and $4 for a cup of coffee, it was something that caught my attention, and uh, every time I wait in line at Starbucks, I smile. You know, I, I pulled up to the one over and uh, off of Brimfield and a uh, big line around the building. And I don't mind waiting because I always have a smile on my face. I know that uh, we're making money. Uh, so it's definitely one that uh, it was easy to see. And uh, they've been an innovator. Of course, they've done a lot in the grocery store aisle and the product innovation. Uh, they were an innovator in something as simple as instant coffee. You know, I mean, they, instant coffee hadn't been innovated in in 40 years, you know, and they were able to come out with an instant coffee uh, type of brand. So, it, you know, sometimes innovation in the simplest industries is is, is some of the innovation that is, is most exciting. Well, I, I like that story. I remember that. And I, Dr. Joyce Brothers was on uh, Merv Griffin's show 40 years ago and said, uh, go to your pantry and refrigerator, open the door, and see all the products that you use every week, your favorite. So I did that, and I now I have about every food stock, Pepsi, Coke, <laughs> Hellman's Man, every, every food stock uh, that there is, uh, General well, Mills, Kellogg's, everything. So she, lucky I watched that show because it's not a get-rich-quick uh, program, but you don't go broke either. But now That's right. here, here I am in eighties, in my eighties, looking at Jemia and pros. Can you imagine <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you had it right the old way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, be careful with these new these new ideas. They do carry. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for your help. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Again, three three zero six seven three one two three four. You're on WNIR. Go ahead, please. Is it me? It's you. Okay, I have a question. We have found some old stocks that, uh, in cleaning out, you know, a, a home, parents, and where would I go to find out what they are worth, if they're worth anything, 
Yeah, that's, like- that's always an exciting find when you find those double stock certificates. Um, you know, you can try to put them in the, just Google them in the Internet and see if they trade or, you know, try to follow the certificates. They might have changed from one company to another. Um, if you have a financial advisor, you can definitely take them to them. Um, you know, a financial advisor would be able to do that research for you. I know we've done it for many clients over the years. Um, you know, we had a, a big client that came in off the radio show last year, actually, and um, she had a lot of stock certificates that she brought in, and we were able to, you know, figure out the value of all those and get them into an account for her. So uh, it's it's really a pretty easy process. Um, but, I, you know, if you just want to start today, being Sunday, you can always, like I said, sit down and Google those securities in uh, to, to the market and, and see what you find. Um. If they would be worth anything, what happens to them? Well, they they become securities. Again, if you get them into a brokerage account, they become negotiable, you know, with the fact that you'd be able to trade them or do something with them. Obviously, with certificates, you're going to have to do a little bit of research if they're going into a taxable account. Sometimes there's large capital gains that you'll find that you have. So uh, there's a lot of thought that has to go around that. But, I mean, I think the first thing would be finding out if they have value, getting them into a brokerage account where they would be priced and you would get a monthly statement, and then you could figure out a plan on, you know, what you'd want to do if they do have value. Is there a cost to us if we bring them to you? Um, there's not a cost to set up an account and, and get the securities in. I mean, the costs come into play when you trade them or if you decided you wanted to do something else with the money and incorporate it into your financial plan. So just having somebody get them into an account and getting them set up, there's there's no cost for that. Okay. I have no financial advisor, but <laughs> uh, I do like listening to you, and um, I know the fear on winner that you like that station and know that people that like Winner are listening. Well, that's, that's great. Well, give us a call yeah. if you'd like to. We'd be happy to see if we could help you out. Yeah, his number right in Fairlawn is 234-466-7476. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. And you can talk to Walt Secure right now, 330-673-1234, as we have stock talk going for us. Uh, last week, Amazon launched the Amazon Pharmacy. It seems they're getting into every every aspect of uh, retail online. And Amazon, of course, has been a holding in your core equity strategy for some time. What do you think about this move, Amazon getting to this uh, healthcare industry? Well, I think it's, uh, it's something they've been thinking about for a long time. I mean, if you go back... Uh, in 2018, they bought a company called PillPack, um, and then they formed a little venture with Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan Chase uh, called uh, Haven Healthcare uh, to figure out how to deal with rising healthcare costs. So I think this is something that they've been thinking about. It's something that they went hard after, and they announced uh, had a huge impact on the pharmacy companies last week. Uh, just about all of them fell dramatically. You know, Wal- Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid, all their stocks fell dramatically. Um, you know, this is a $4 trillion, uh, healthcare is $4 trillion, it's 25% of our economy. Um, it's, a, it's a big impact out there. And I think, um, you know, when Amazon Pharmacy talks about, you know, offering 80% discounts on generic drugs uh, uh, and 40% discounts on branded medications, I mean, that's going to catch everybody's attention. So uh, Amazon is a disruptor, they're an innovator, and, you know, I, I think they're going hard at certain industries where there's money to be made. I mean, Amazon's definitely going to be looking to see how to use their financial power and strength uh, to be able to go out there and make a difference. 
All right, 330-673-1234, 800-669-4100. As we're talking about stocks and stock talk here on Invest Wisely with Walt Secura of the AKW Group in Fairlawn and in Washington, Pennsylvania. Now, you talk about, again, talking about disruptors, a company being a disruptor, and they also talk about innovation. You know, it kind of seems to be a fine line between innovating and being disruptive. Uh, you know, what, what do those two, two terms really mean? Yeah, Bob, I, when I taught entrepreneurship up at Case Western Reserve, you know, this was, uh, innovation was, was a major topic that we thought about and considered. And, uh, you know, I became very engaged in the topic of innovation. Um, you know, there's incremental innovation, which a lot of companies do, which is basically just uh, using existing technology and increasing, you know, value with their customers. Um, Apple is a great uh, incremental innovator. I think the iPhone would be a perfect example of that. Uh, disruptive innovation is is basically stealth innovation. It's applying new technologies or processes um, in in the company. Um, architectural innovation, which is what uh, Amazon is doing here, which is simply taking lessons learned and skill and technology and applying it within a different market. Um, all these innovations are, are very interesting. Everybody thinks of radical innovation, but really most of the incremental benefits in real business models come from you know incremental and uh, disruptive and architectural type of innovation. So it's an area I spend a lot of time thinking about, and as we look at all the companies that we invest in, uh, that is something that we we really consider. Um, it's it's important, you know, as far as the investment story goes. So another stock they reported last week was the one that, again, that you hold, NVIDIA, in your core equity portfolio. They reported their quarterly earnings last week. Uh, tell us once again why you like NVIDIA and what their results were like. Well, you know, again, NVIDIA is one of those companies, Bob, that is an innovator, you know, and, I, and they focus in areas that, you know, uh, PC gaming, data centers, automotive uh, infotainment systems. Uh, uh, when you talk about artificial intelligence, which our er- earlier Snark called about, or autonomous driving, I mean, they're going to be a leader in, in, in this market. Uh, their earnings have been incredibly powerful this year. You know, if you, if you look at this quarter that they just reported, uh, they had a 63% earnings increase, a 57% sales increase. Uh, they did $4.7 billion this quarter, about over $3 billion a year prior uh, for those three months. So, again, a company that is hitting on all cylinders and, uh, you know, one that we, we really like. Uh, so, again, uh, we don't see Nvidia leaving our portfolio, but uh, you know it's it's a it's a company definitely worth taking a look at if if you don't own it out there. All right, let's see. Talk about a bit more. Home Depot uh, and Lowe's. They both reported earnings last week too. So between the two of them, how do they uh, how do they do? Yeah, both of them did really well, Bob. Um, you know, Home Depot had uh, really good strong earnings. They were up twenty three percent in revenue. Uh, 26% in earnings. Uh, Lowe's put up some more numbers. Uh, they were 28% in sales, 40% in, in, in earnings. And again, these are stocks that really have benefited from people being at home, um, putting a little bit of extra time into remodeling projects, uh, fixing the home up. Uh, again, you know, when people stop traveling and they stop going out as much and they're spending more time at their house, it would just make sense uh, that they're going to put a little bit more investment uh, back into what they're doing every day. And, and that's what we see people doing, and the trends have been very strong with these stocks all year. So another company had a big week last week, a Tesla, the electric car maker, another record high. They said their stock will now be in the S&P 500 index starting uh, in, uh, in December. Now, why, why is uh, including Tesla into the S&P, why would they make the stock go up? 
Well, when a stock gets inclusion into the S&P 500 index, Bob, what happens is a lot of the passive investors, a lot of the index funds, they have to go out and purchase that security. So just on a pure uh, supply-demand issue, there's a lot more purchasing of Tesla going on over the past week, and there'll be a lot more purchasing heading up into the December uh, timeframe that they have inclusion into that index. So uh, it kind of brings the stock into the mainstream. I mean, even though it was a mainstream stock for a lot of people and hedge funds and institutional investors, a lot of people uh, have been investing in Tesla through the year. Uh, now it becomes even a little bit more mainstream getting in those passive type of investments. So uh, Tesla has had a great year. And again, a lot of things have gone their way and, and the stock price truly reflects that uh, trading near a high. Now, the other electric car maker in China, NIO, also reported last week. Uh, did those results make you happy, or were they disappointing? Yes, this is a stock we recently bought in our small mid-cap portfolio. We're, we're pleased that we bought it. Um, it's had a really nice uh, move for us since we purchased the stock, and, and the sales growth was tremendous. They were up 159% uh, for this last quarter. Uh, so, again, everything has kind of gone along as we had hoped uh, with, our, with our entry into that stock in our small mid-cap portfolio. And uh, finally, another stock you own in the Empowering Women portfolio is Intuit. And they reported pretty good results, but the stock price dropped once again when investors felt the earnings uh, were not uh, up, to, up to what they would expect. So uh, what about uh, uh, that kind of a situation? Is that the kind of stock you'd like to hold, or, or are the earnings going to be a uh, predictor of the future performance? Yeah, Intuit's a very powerful company, Bob. Obviously, they uh, have TurboTax, QuickBooks, the Mint Financial software. Um, they've had incredible growth. Again, they put up another great quarter, up 14% in, in revenue, 129% in earnings this last quarter. Uh, but the stock price sometimes doesn't reflect in, in, in a week. You know, the stock prices aren't uh, tied exactly to financial performance, and a lot of people might have been anticipating that performance, and uh, the stock might have moved up prior to the announcement. So uh, a lot of people get confused sometimes when a stock reports, and it reports really good results, and it goes down. But um, that's a short-term event. <clears throat> you have to think longer term. And again, most of these companies, we're still thinking out 18 to 24 months in our holding patterns. And as long as your outlook is still strong, uh, you want to stay positioned in these stocks. You don't want to get caught up in short-term movements or a, a stock moving one way or the other based on one earnings report. And, of course, uh, as we always mentioned, uh, you're affiliated with the Robert W. Barrett Company, and they do a lot of planning for you in, in tax reviews and RMD, IRA illustrations, and other advice they can give to your clients. As we get to the end of this year, what about tax planning? Anything you're telling your clients to do to reduce their tax bill for next April? Yeah, absolutely, Bob. We've been looking at RMDs all year. Of course, the SECURE Act gave people the ability to, you know, to defer those RMDs for the year of 2020. Um, we've, we've talked to a lot of people about Roth conversions with their IRAs, if it made some sense. Um, uh, being that this year might be a little bit lower on the tax bill with, with some of those other options that you have, uh, we will definitely be telling everybody to take a look at capital gains, make sure that you know, if there's some things you can do in the portfolio, take advantage of that. If there's some losses to take, you definitely want to do that. Um, and then also the the qualified charitable deductions to the QCD still exist where you can make uh, a charitable contribution out of an IRA or a qualified account. And uh, that's still there in the tax code to take advantage of. And, you know, it allows people to make, uh, you know, some gifting in a, in a very tax-favorable way. So, all those things need to be thought about and also, you know, thinking about your cash flow planning for next year and making sure that uh, 
you're doing the right things to minimize the tax bill the best you can. Once again, Walter Care is the managing partner of the AKW Group with offices here in Akron, Fairlawn, and Washington, Pennsylvania. You can call them in Akron at 234-466-7476, 234-466-7476, or in uh, Pennsylvania, in Washington, Pennsylvania. You can contact Sue Marshall there at the AKW Group, 412 412- 480-5090-412-480-5090. Well, Walt, another week is ahead of us. It's Thanksgiving week, so it'll be a, a short week for the traders. But uh, what do you what do you forecast in this uh, foreshortened week? Well, Bob, we'll, we'll pay attention. There's still some companies to report and some economic data. And I, I just want to take a moment to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's the time to reflect and spend time with family. It's been a rough year for everyone. And uh, you know, hopefully everybody's getting through it, but uh, we wish everyone the best here at the AKW Group, and uh, uh, hope everybody has a nice day. And same to you on WNIR Kent Akron, Walt Sakara by Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Goldman Sachs Group Inc., symbol GS. The Home Depot Inc., symbol HD. Intuit, symbol I-N-T-U. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, symbol J-P-M. Lowe's Company, Inc., symbol L-O-W. NVIDIA Corporation, symbol N-V-D-A. Pros Holding, Inc., symbol P-R-O. Starbucks Corporation, symbol S-B-U-X. Tesla, Inc., symbol T-S-L-A. Please note that Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, J.P.M., Bros Holdings, Inc., symbol P.R.O., in the past 12 months. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and its affiliates have been compensated by J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, J.P.M., and Goldman Sachs Group, Inc., symbol GS, for non-investment banking securities-related services in the past 12 months.